The Grow My Cleaning Company podcast helps owners of cleaning companies just like you grow your company and yourself so you can make more money and finally get the time and money freedom that probably got you into this business. Discover how to automate and create systems that allow you to grow like crazy without losing control. If you dig the show and want to show some love, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. It really helps. Enjoy the show. Hey, Cleaning Nation, Mike Campion here with Candace Johnson. This lovely young woman started Standing Ovation Cleaning Company, LLC, November 2019 in Cleveland, Ohio. She serves residential and commercial clients. Welcome to the show, Candace. Hi, how are you? Good. And just for all of you listening, lovely voice. For those of you on the video, Candace is in a dark bunker, so she's in an un- undisclosed location. So we've got her hidden, you know, hundreds of feet below the, the earth's level, so you, you can't find her. <laughs> so if you're listening going, what's going on there? Check out the YouTube video. You'll get to see for yourself. Um, all right. So before we jump into questions, tell us a little about how you got started and where you're at now, sister. So I got started actually in a French franchise a little over maybe about 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I didn't like them taking my money and I'm doing the work. <laughs> Candace, we haven't known each other very long. I like you right off the bat. <laughs> I did not like them taking my money. Well said. <laughs> I didn't want them taking my money and I'm doing all the work. So <laughs> I, I made the decision. That's a, that's a writer down or cleaning nation. If, uh, and again, no disrespect to franchises, they're fine. But if, uh, that's a real good summary. I do all the work and yet they take all the profit. Like, yeah. well, there you go. Well said, yeah. continue. And I just took that as a way to work smarter and not harder. So I took a step in a leap on faith um, and decided to start another LLC of my own. And I've been learning lessons ever since, making mm-hmm. friends along the way. Who wouldn't like Candace? What kind of person wouldn't like learning lesson, making friends, making a couple bucks? Let's go. Sounds like a party. Yeah. And I, I, I do it because there's times maybe, um, and I think you can relate to this, Mike, where people are sitting in a enclosed area, maybe eating, grabbing lunch, dinner, having a couple cocktails. And you look and you're like, hmm, that doesn't look clean. <laughs> Or you hear this whole crowd over here coughing or sneezing and you're like, you know, what can I do to make a difference with that? So I I said, you know, let me continue my journey. Let me Mm -hmm. continue to be great, to make, you know, someone else's life less stressful with the every day to day worries um, and concerns of cleanliness. I love so it. What a beautiful way to look at, look at the work that we do. So that said, how can I help you on your journey, sister? What's going on today that I can help you with? So I think one of my biggest questions that I have is, um, how did you grow your business obtaining larger accounts? Um, and how did you secure those larger accounts? Yeah. So just to be crystal clear for everybody, currently we have a coaching business. I haven't had a cleaning business for many, many moons. And when I did, I was young and dumb. And a lot of the stuff that we teach, I learned the hard way. So I won't tell you how I did it because A, I had a service master franchise. B, it was a long time ago. C, it was in a small town. But um, for the last seven years, my team and I have exclusively helped owners of cleaning companies grow. So instead of telling you how I did it, which is much less interesting because I didn't do it well, I'll tell you (laughs) how to do it, which will will get you better. As opposed to telling you how I did it that didn't work, I'll tell you how you can do it that will work. Um, But I never wanted 
be less than completely transparent. I don't want anyone to think I'm currently getting large clients. We do not, I do not have a cleaning business right now. We spend a hundred percent of our time um, coaching owners and cleaning companies. That said, um, we will definitely talk about how to acquire bigger accounts. But before we do that, I want to kind of bang a drum I've been banging a little bit, which is before we start solving a problem, which I promise we'll solve, I will answer your question, Candace. We want, or look at an opportunity. We want to make sure we're really clear on what the problem is or what we, the outcome we really want before we start growing or before we start solving it. So the question you have, how do I get big accounts presupposes, and I'm going to answer it no matter what, but it still presupposes the next best step in your journey is to get big accounts. And that may be the case, but it may not be. So I want to, um, I don't say push back, but just pick at it a little and go, what makes you uh, want to get big accounts? And by the way, I'm all for big accounts. So don't hear me saying it's a bad idea or anything like that. I just want to walk Cleaning Nation through because I get a lot of questions like this that are kind of halfway through and they have a bunch of assumptions. I don't want to just check those assumptions to make sure they're right. So we push in the right direction. And again, I'm going to answer your question either way. Even if we decide that's not for you, I'm still going to answer the question just to be, you know, so you don't be like, the guy wouldn't even answer my question. That said, <laughs> I would start with your goals and what made you assume probably correctly that getting big accounts would be the next best step to reach your goals. Is that a fair question? Absolutely. So talk to me. What yeah. I want to say, um, because I've been positioned with some more smaller scaled accounts, um, where I feel that professionally, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally, that I'm ready to go to another level, another tier of like you say, the cleaning nation. Um, with a lot of those lessons have come a lot of blessings from the smaller scaled accounts that I currently hold or have uh, done cleanings for. Okay. So I think I'm, I'm pretty much ready to kind of grow and scale. I actually but just- let me, let me push back one more time because we're getting closer, but I want to get spot on right on the nose. So what I'm hearing you say is I've been doing this a while. And when a younger, less experienced Candace wasn't ready for big accounts, she couldn't take them there. And I fair. feel like this Candace um, has got some more experience and I can handle some bigger accounts. Still fair. I'm with you the whole way. That said, it may, may not, but may be the case. And let's just be clear. Let's have a little definitions for you. What's a big account? What's a small account? So we can know what we're talking about here. A small account is three to four figures. So maybe let's be specific. how much per month? Give me a, a small account. So let's say $1,500 a month. Okay. What's me, a big, that's account? a smaller account. Mm -hmm. a, big a big account is what I just finished today, which was like five figures. So 10 grand a month or more. Yeah. Basically. Okay. All right. So, cause again, I hate saying five figures cause that could be 10 grand could be 90, 98 grand. Those are wildly different. Um, so let's just call it 10 grand. And I, I think most would agree on commercial, um, 10 grand is a big account and 1500 is on the smaller side. Okay. So right. that said, now that we know, I shouldn't say no, but we believe, and I'm sure it's the truth, Candace. You're like, before I could only handle the $1,500 accounts. Now I think I can handle the $10,000 account. Um, let's just assume that's the truth. I'm, I'm assuming you've got a pretty good handle on your own abilities. Um, we still haven't answered the question, is getting $10,000 accounts the next best step to reach my goals? 
So just because we can do something. So what I heard you saying is before I couldn't even do it, it wasn't even the conversation. Now I can do it. It's in the conversation. Like, well, let's have that conversation. It's very possible. The best, and again, I'm just playing devil's advocate. I'm not, and I I promise I'm going to answer your question, but it's very possible. The next best step could be getting more $3,000 accounts or $4,000 accounts and not getting 10. And 10 might be it, but I just want to make sure we're clear on, and for everybody here, I don't want to be uh, Candace to death. You want to ask these questions before you just be like, well, if a thousand dollar account's good, a ten thousand dollars better. And if that's better, a hundred thousand dollars. But let me tell you why some potential downsides for large accounts. Let's say I'm I've got a nice little thirty thousand dollar a month company. I've got twenty fifteen hundred dollar a month accounts. And obviously that won't be the case while some larger and smaller, right? Absolutely. Um well if I lose an account, okay, I'm now a $28,500 account. If I gain an account, I'm a 31.5. We're square. It's okay. Um, now let's say I pick up a $15,000 a month account. So now I go from 30 to 45. Well, that sure does feel good. Beats that, you know, I can start one big account as opposed to having to do all this, but let's say I lose that account. Now we got problems. Let's say that account slow pays me. Let's say that account declares bankruptcy and doesn't pay me at all. Let's say they say I'm doing a bad job and start holding my money and negotiate. Now we got problems. Let's say they start being real jerks, but they're a third of my income and I've got, I've staffed up and I've got this overhead to Campbell's account. That's a problem. So I'm not saying that would eliminate the goal of, well, I can never get a large account. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying we don't want to tell ourselves the lie that a $15,000 a month account is 10 times better than a $1,500 amount account. Right. It's 50, it's 10 times more money, but we just have to understand unintended consequences that come with that. So yeah. that said, and I promise within two minutes here, I'm going to get to your answer. That said, I would, and I don't know what your average account is, but say your average account now is 1500 bucks. I wouldn't go chasing 10 grand. Now, keep in mind, if a 10 grand came banging down my door and wanted to bid and I thought I could serve them, I'm going to give, I'm going to bid the crap out of those people. So I'm not saying I wouldn't take it. I'd probably start chasing three, $4,000 accounts just because I don't personally like any single account being more than about 15% of my revenue. So if I'm 30 grand in revenue, I don't want to count that bigger than four or five grand. Now, again, if one presents That's itself it. and I think it's a good fit, I'll, I'm not saying I wouldn't take it. I'm just saying I'm going to pursue kind of, even if I can handle a $50,000 account, it's like, yeah, but is it the right thing? Like perfect example, no offense to our friends at Walmart and Costco. They're famous for finding little companies that are doing a million dollars in revenue or something and signing up for a $5 million contract. And then they beat the crap out of them because they know we own you. We can set any price that we want. We can pay in any terms. We, we, we cancel your contract. You're out of business and you were fine right. before doing a little million dollar company, but now you're a $5 million company and we're four of those five. So we're in charge and they just beat the, and then the guy makes ends up making the same or less money with way more stress because Walmart is firmly in charge. So just these are things to take into consideration. So the answer, the, the what I would coach you to do one-on-one is if, and you might be like, my average account is much larger than 1500, but if I would go with the largest account I would go after is about 15% of my total revenue. Right. So I don't want, unless I'm a brand new company, then take what you can get. But you know, if you're doing 10 grand, I'm going to want 1500, maybe $2,000 accounts. Once I get to 30, I might want a four or $5,000 account. If I'm doing a million, a hundred grand a month now that, you know, 10, 15 grand a month may not be, you know, I can absorb it a little better. Okay. So that's my coaching. Now I'm going to answer your daggum question because that's what you came for. Um, the beautiful thing is the process to get a large account is exactly the same as a small account. The way we're going to do it is the manifestation, the way that plays out is going to be a little different. The execution is going to be a little different, but the concepts are the same. So for all accounts, 
the idea is to crystal get crystal clear on what their pain is, their real life, big boy, big girl pain, be able to articulate that pain to them so effectively. They're like, oh my God, this person gets me. And then make a proposal to solve that pain in a way that no one else is going to solve it because no one else really understands the pain as well as you do. That is the magic for a $500 a month account or a $50,000 a month account. The good news is, believe it or not, it's easier using this method, which we teach for all size accounts. It's easier to do it for a $10,000 account than it is for a $1,000 account because let's just do this $1,000 account. It's probably a twice a week <laughs> lawyer's office, six lawyers, 30 people in a month, thousand bucks a month, give or take, right? Their pain, probably not that big, right? If you do a bad job or the current client, the current cleaner they have does a bad job, like dang it, current cleaner, do better moving on. And if they can save a couple hundred bucks, like, sure, I don't care. We're a bit of a commodity, right? Um, now let's go $10,000 a month. That's a five to seven day a week account. It's 10 or 15 uh, hours a night. There's a day porter perhaps. When something goes wrong, it's a big daggum deal. They've got hundreds, if not thousands of people in this facility. It's not a little strip mall they're renting. It might be a multi $10 million uh, building that they own. Um, the stakes are a lot higher. So their pain is going to be a lot clearer. The, the the little lawyer's office paying a thousand dollars a month might be like, I don't know. I wanted to, I have customers or clients. I want them to, I don't want to look shabby. I don't want my employees to come in shabby, clean up the sinks and take out the trip, make sure it looks nice. Fine. That's pain. We, we can help them. I promise you if someone's spending 10, 15, 20 grand a month on cleaning their facility, their pain is much bigger than that. They're like, yeah. I've got layers of management. I'm going to get fired. This is my biggest vendor managing this part of my budget's a big deal. They have real pain that you can really solve and they understand pricing. Like a, a lawyer's office might be like a thousand bucks to clean up. Susie's been taking out the trash every couple of weeks and she does it for, you know, like they don't get it, right? I promise you the guy that's spending $12,000 a month on their cleaning, he has no confusion like a 12 grand, this should be four grand. Like they know what it freaking costs. So all that to say, understand their pain. So your competitors are going to go in and do a lot about them. I'm the best. We know this. We've got all this experience. Let me show, let me square footage. Let me measure it. How many times do you want done? How many trash cans are there? You, how much, what kind of floor work do you want? They're going to just do the, 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 none of this is their real pain. You're going to want to come in and go, Tamara, you've got a cleaning company now. Why not keep them? Yeah, they don't show up on time or they miss, you know, they miss the baseboards or some superficial pain stuff. Got it. So when they miss the baseboards, how does that affect your life? Well, people come in and complain. Eh, how does that make you feel? Makes me feel crappy. What about your boss? Does he care? Oh my God, he comes in. And what else? Yeah. Last week, the, the VP of whatever came in, who's signed is my boss's boss and it looked bad. And I got, in now you see, we're getting some real daggum pain. Yeah. And when we go to solve that problem, we're not going to talk about, well, you've got 2,000 square feet of VCT. Now, this needs to be stripped and waxed every year, and we'll, we'll burnish it every quarter. And we blah, blah, blah. We're going to go, Candace, it's $12,000 a month. And for that, every time your boss comes in, you're going to look and feel great because the place is going to be amazing. Oh, I can sign off on that. So the big thing is we got to get away from talking about us. We got to get clear on their pain. We have to articulate it in such a way they're like, oh, my God, this lady gets me. Um, and then we make an offer to solve that pain. Um, works for little people, works for big people. It's the same thing. Questions, comments, rude remarks? Um, that was really great advice. I thank you for that. And it, it all made sense. It's very clear. Um, the only other question I can think in your coaching, would you ever recommend someone to ask what is their budget? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So that gets into kind of a 
deeper sales training that is beyond the scope of this? Um, absolutely. And I will say, because there's a way to ask it and you have to, because people go, I've tried to ask budget. They never tell me, they don't tell you because you haven't gotten a good pain conversation. So it's part of a, it's part of a system of, of helping the person. So the big thing you want to get is for all of these sales conversations, the way that we're going to coach you to do, which is super effective at very high levels. And it's so much better than trying to grind or pressure force is to get, again, really curious as to what their pain is. And by the way, even if it's a big account, I'm still going to get crystal clear on what their pain is. And before I make them an offer to solve it, I'm going to go, am I the best in in the, not the world, because at least the city, <laughs> am I the best in the area? Am I the absolute best to solve it? And if, and when I know that I am now I'm going to fight like heck to solve it for them. And if I'm not, I'm just going to be honest and go, you know what? I, this isn't exactly our wheelhouse. Let me see if I can find you a vendor that would really take care of you. A, that's a high integrity move. B, you're not going to try and fit a square peg in a round hole. C, if and when they have other jobs, they're going to go back to our high integrity friend, Candace, who's really looking to serve them as opposed to sell them. Um, that said, same when it comes to budget. When I ask budget, I do my pricing fixed. I, I know my margin. I know what I want to make. And I'm going to charge them that regardless. So if I know my price is 12 grand to make the margin I want, and they're like, my budget's 15 grand. Guess what my bid is? 12 grand. Um, now I might, I might say, Hey, to meet the needs that you told me you have, it's 12 grand a month, but you said your budget was 15. Here's some other cool stuff we can add on top of that's really going to make your life amazing, but you don't need it. So I'm going to be completely honest with them. So when we're asking budget is not to get more money or to try and trick them, it's to really serve them and understand their problem. Right. Absolutely. And if you don't get a real pain conversation first, they're going to lie to you about budget or not tell you. But once they are crystal clear in their pain and what it's costing them and the stakes, they're more likely to be honest with the budget. And I'm going to ask for a couple of reasons. One, I'm not going to do a bit if they're ridiculous, right? So, and they they probably get it at a $10,000 job. They know what it really costs, but they might try and be messing with me or take advantage of like, oh, $6,000. I'm going to let them know right off the bat. I know what time it is. And I'm going to go, oh, appreciate it, Candace. I'm sorry. I thought you really were committed to getting this thing solved. $6,000 ain't going to even come close. So if that's where your budget is, I'm not the guy to help solve that problem at the level that you described. And gotcha. I'm either going to have him go, well, we don't really need and start cutting down on what he says he actually needs. Like maybe that was just a wish list, or he's going to get real about, yeah, well, 6,000 is my target, but we understand it's, you know, fine. Um, and if he's again at 500 bucks or a thousand bucks, they might actually be confused about what it costs. And we just part friends at 10 grand a month. They know what it costs, right? They're, they're trying to manipulate you or, or be right. less than honest. And I'm just going to go, Nope. And now if I think it's 12 grand a month and his budget's 10, I'll give a budget. That's not a, a ridiculous, you know what I'm saying? That's not a ridiculous number. Right. It's I'm just looking for, come on, you're don't be, you know, I go to the Mercedes store. I want a brand new Mercedes. I'm like, man, my budget's 16 grand. Like, come on. That's, that's silly. I might say 50 grand and maybe they're really 60, but the guy's like, okay, the guy's not, this isn't a crazy person I'm dealing with. It's just someone we need to help a little. So sh absolutely. I'm going to ask for budget on the higher dollar ones. If it's a lower one, like residential or like a little $500 one, I'm just going to probably of give them the price. But yeah, you can give them the budget. The big thing is we're serving them, trying to help them at all times. Um, the beauty of that is when we know we can help them, we can fight hard for them and it's not high pressure. Like I'm like, Candace, yeah. you called me out here because you had a problem. We spent 30 minutes understanding what your problem is. I know that I can solve it. And you told me, you spent 20 minutes telling me you're committed to solve it. If you want my help, here's what it's going to cost. Let's get this thing going. And I can fight hard for them. And if I find someone else that, they get a different bid or whatever. And I know the guy and they, it's going to be a good outcome. Great. 
fine. But if I'm like, I know they don't understand it. They're not going to do a good job and they really need me. I'm not going to down talk the other person by it, but I, I will fight and go, nope, you call me. This is what it is. So the cool thing is it frees you up to be passionate when you're fighting for them. If you're trying to sell them and just be like, no matter what, I want the contract and I don't care about you. It comes off high, it is high pressure and it feels gross. But when like you're, you're like, fighting them. Right. You're fighting them as opposed to for them, right? Sales is something you're now doing to them, not something for them. So as long as you're serving and trying to serve at a high level and really solve their pain and their problem, um, whether you get paid for it or not, it's a beautiful place because you can be passionate, you can be articulate, you can really fight for them and not ever feel like you're being high pressure. And that starts building long-term relationships. You start getting good, good uh, referrals and just a name around town. Like, Hey, you know what you're doing? Cause your competition, by the way, is going to be doing a bunch of how many square feet and how many toilets and how many trash cans, you know, what's the frequency, what are you paying now? That's low level. You're going to be talking about them and their pain and how this affects them day to day and how their life is going to continue, what's going to happen and what it's going to cost them if they don't get it fixed, how great their life's going to be if you can fix it. And then they're like, oh, price isn't even an issue. Just take this pain away. And they go, you get me. No one else gets me. That's when you know you're doing it right. When they go, you get me. No one else gets me. All right. We're kind of running out of time. Any other quick thing before we go? That's it. All right. I'm going to wrap it. Candace, you did a fantastic job. Cleaning Nation. um, Sorry about that. I tried to jam a probably what could be a weekend summit seminar on sales into 20 <laughs> minutes. So if you need more, we've done a ton of podcasts, growmycleaningcompany.com, almost 900 podcasts by now, completely free. Um, there's a masterclass that's also free. I would start there. Five shifts you need to um, transform your business. Check it out now, growmycleaningcompany.com. See you there. Well, here we are at the end of the podcast and you made it. Great job. Uh, I've got a little bonus for you before for sticking through with me. But like I mentioned before, if you got value out of this podcast and you want to show a little love, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, wherever the heck you're listening to this thing. Share it with a friend. Share the love. And as a special thank you for those of you that stuck with me to the end, how about I give you my personal phone number so we can text? It's a great way for me to get to know you, your business, your goals personally. So shoot me a text now, 602-932-6431. 602-932-6431. I am the only one who responds to these texts and I will personally respond to everyone I possibly can as long as uh, this number is man. I uh, don't know how long we're going to keep this at the end of the podcast, so grab it now. 602-932-6431. Give me a text. Say hey. Can't wait to meet you.